Welcome to BCP Unfiltered. I am your brother. I am your host, BCP. You know that because you are paying for this show, whether it's on Patreon at bcpextras.com or you're supporting our work on Locals at therealbcp.com or you are supporting us on Spotify and that is our podcast at bcppodcast.com. We are going to be traveling in a few days to Texas and we will be having a meet and greet, a meetup, a BCP family reunion, whatever you want to call it, in Frisco, Texas. That's in the Dallas area of Texas next Sunday, the 30th, between 4 and 8 p.m. We originally were going to do it where we were having, you could sign up for a time slot, but we're doing away with that. You can show up anytime between 4 and 8 p.m., even if you signed up for a particular time slot. Stay as long as you want. The only thing is we ask is that you RSVP. So please RSVP, it's a free event. I'm renting the space, come on out and let's speak, rub shoulders and be together and talk and have a meetup. That'll be next Sunday, the 30th in Frisco, Texas. Links to all of that are down below on every platform you may be watching or listening to this on. All right, folks, uh, did you know that Bill Barr spoke with the illegitimate, unconstitutional January 6th committee. Here is Bernie Thompson, the committee chair, on Face the Nation yesterday with Margaret Brennan. There was also uh, another story, significant. Politico published the text of a draft executive order that had been presented to President Trump in December of 2020 to have the defense secretary seize voting machines in battleground states. And multiple news organizations have now reported this. Um, the January 6th committee combing through former President Trump's papers, more than 700 pages that Mr. Trump tried to block them from getting. The National Archives handing them over less than two days after the Supreme Court gave the green light. I would say that this Supreme Court decision is probably the single biggest day uh, of the investigation so far. The committee sought Mr. Trump's calendars, emails with state election officials, handwritten notes from his aides, and a draft of an executive order on election integrity. Politico obtaining that document, which would have directed the military to seize voting machines, citing baseless conspiracies about election fraud. Mr. Trump never signed the order. Let's make this clear. This was a draft. This is an executive order that never went into effect, was never used. It was just a draft. Once again, when you're in an executive suite, whether it is in the Oval Office or a boardroom of America or CEO office of America, or even in a small family-run business like we have here, and we have a family business, we have two businesses that have nothing to do with politics or YouTube or podcasting. One's a staffing business. Another one is a translation services business and actually have another third business that I don't talk about. But we brainstorm and we come up with all kinds of ideas, 90% of which never go into effect or are postponed or just, just thoughts. Some of those are written down. Some of those uh, we have to, we are an S corp. So we do have to have and we do have meetings and we do take minutes of those meetings. If someone to audit the, the minutes of our meetings, we do all kinds of mundane things from certifying and ratifying the change of address when we moved our business from California to, uh, to Utah. We have to do it again when we move to Texas or Florida. To other things, hey, let's expand over here. Let's 
Let's uh, contact this person and see if we can expand business with this particular individual or this office or this department. We've looked into advertising. We're very blessed in our other businesses. We no longer need to advertise. We have word of mouth and we have enough referral business. But we look at all kinds of different angles of all kinds of things. We looked into moving one of our staffing businesses back in 2020 in Florida and found out that just it wasn't going to be viable. We'd have to start all over again. That's in the minutes of our meetings. Doesn't mean that we're moving to Florida. Well, it, we maybe moved far this this year, but back in 2020 doesn't mean that we moved into Florida that year. And that's all written down. So once again, this is was just a draft executive order, one that was never executed or put into play. Do you intend to go to the Attorney General, Bill Barr, uh, to ask him about this? I mean, how do you follow up on an uh, on this kind of allegation and the paperwork to back it up? Well, yes, we do. To be honest with you, we've had conversations with the former attorney general already. Uh, we've talked to Department of Defense individuals. Uh, we are concerned uh, that our military uh, was part of this big lie on promoting uh, that the election was false. So if you are using the military uh, to potentially seize uh, voting machines, even though it's a discussion, uh, the public needs to know. We've never had that before. And so any of these individuals uh, who are participating in trying to stop the election, the duly election of a president, uh, and if we can document it, uh, we will share it with uh, the public. For kicks and giggles, I would love to see information that hasn't yet been made public that perhaps the January 6th committee that Benny G. Thompson and all of the people on that committee considered, wrote, said, talked about, discussed that they never did. Or better yet, let's talk about the stuff that they actually did do or didn't do. Like Nancy Pelosi denying extra security during January 6th. How do we? How come we don't get that information? Once again, this is a witch hunt. This is not a, a, a legitimate select committee. It's a one-party attempt to bar, pun intended, President Trump from ever running again and for exposing the big lie. And the big lie, of course, is that Joseph Biden won the 2020 election. Let me remind you, he lost 17 of 18 bellwethers. He got more votes than Obama. Uh, yeah, right. More votes than Trump, who is the most popular sitting president in a very long time. And yet a whole bunch of people came out and voted for a man who couldn't even get more than seven people in circles paid for operatives to come out and see him speak, who wasn't even leading his own primaries until they did skullduggery and shenanigans to end the running of everyone that was supposedly uh, competing with and actually beating Joseph Biden. So the guy at the back of the pack of his own party got the most votes in history. That is the biggest lie, and folks, I wake up often in the morning with pain in my stomach and a heaviness in my chest to realize that in the United States, the biggest deal ever happened right before our eyes. Everyone knows about it and nothing is being done. Joseph Biden is an illegitimate president. They rigged the election and they cheated and they lied and has been upheld by the Supreme Court for not listening to any cases, by states who certified a, a, an election that was wrought with fraud and attorneys generals 
all throughout the nation, including Mark Brnovich, who have done nothing with the evidence presented to them of fraud in America in 2022. It's hard to have a lot of positivity when those that we elected and the people who are supposedly on our side, Republicans, don't do a damn thing about any of this. It really is disheartening. But let's continue. Let's continue. Let's switch focus because the tyranny and the lies and the deception and the fraud and the treason continues. After being involved in China in the R&D of the coronavirus, gain of function, all that stuff, EcoHealth Alliance has gotten the biggest grant they have ever gotten and they just got this from Biden. Here is the National Pulse. Wuhan collaborators EcoHealth just received one of their largest ever grants from Joe Biden's government. They forgot the word of in there. Instead of scrutiny, Wuhan collaborators close to Anthony Fauci are getting a payoff. Why and why now? EcoHealth Alliance, an American nonprofit that collaborated with the Wuhan Institute of Virology on manipulating bat coronaviruses resembling COVID-19, has received one of the largest ever grants from Joe Biden's White House. Led by the disgraced Peter uh, Dejac, 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 a longtime Anthony Fauci ally, EcoHealth's new Biden-era grant began on October 26, 2021. It came less than one week after the U.S. National Institute of Health admitted the group engaged in gain-of-function research alongside the Wuhan lab, failing to report its findings as was required by the terms of the grant. Of course, as we know, they went later and tried to do a cover-up and change the definition of of gain-of-function. But we all know that gain-of-function research entails increasing the, the lethality, virulence, and transmissibility of a pathogen, which deleted web pages from the Wuhan Institute of Virology's website reveal the lab was engaged in alongside EcoHealth Alliance. As Dr. Richard E. Bright, Board of Governors Professor of Chemistry and Chemical Biology at Rutgers, explained in a letter back in October, NIH, cor- NIH corrects untruthful assertions by NIH Director Collins and NIAID Director Fauci that NIH had not funded gain-of-function research in Wuhan. In fact, they did. But it doesn't matter because the Biden grant is going to be giving Peter D. and his allies, enemies of America and humanity, a new $4.7 million grant, courtesy of the U.S. taxpayer, all the way through 2026. Now, let's put this in perspective. This is the largest sum EcoHealth Alliance has ever received, with the next largest one was $2 million. So this is more than double from 2 million to 4.7 million. Man, has Biden been a boon to these treasonous, traitorous, murderous, evil villains. Once again, I shouldn't be speechless, but this is just how ballsy the Biden administration can be because there has been no accountability, no punishment, no consequences. And they continue on and on and on and on. Here's Dr. Fauci, as a matter of fact, yesterday, Sunday, on ABC's This Week, telling us that most likely there's going to be more boosters. 
Let's talk about the vaccines and the boosters. You have talked about how effective, especially the boosters are, risk of severe illness reduced by as much as 94% with Delta, 84% with Omicron. What about the next booster shot? For a substantial part of the population, they're now moving into the fifth month of their booster. So does it lose its effectiveness and how soon should they get another one, if that's your advice? Well, the answer, Margaret, honestly, is that we don't know because we don't know the durability of protection for, from the third shot boost of an mRNA and the second shot boost of a J&J. Certainly, you are going to see the antibody levels go down. That's natural. But there's an element of the immune response, B cell memory and T cell responses, where even though you do see a diminution of antibody levels, it is quite conceivable, and I hope it's true, that the third shot boost will give a much greater durability of protection. We're following that very carefully. All right, folks, let's talk about these viruses and their efficacy. The latest official health data from the British government is revealing the following, that triple vaccinated individuals accounted for a majority of all COVID-19 hospitalizations in Britain. This is between December 20th and January 16th. And that's the most. The, the most hospitalizations came from people who were triple vaccinated, means, meaning they got their vaccinations plus the booster. What was the group right behind them? What was formerly considered fully vaccinated or people who just got their original doses of the vaccine, but not the booster. The unvaccinated maintained a steady rate of infection. All right, for those of you watching the a video presentation of this on Patreon at bcpextras.com or on locals at therealbcb.com, I'm going to put this up on the screen. I'm going to explain what we're looking at to those of you listening to the podcast. It shows that in the weeks 51 through 02, so the, the second to last week of December through the second week of January, that when you get to those who are 30 years old all the way through 80 plus, those who had three vaccination doses were the infection rate was highest among them. Infection rates among the boosted are higher in all ages 30 years old and plus and very close for those that are 18 to 29. Rates among the unvaxxed were higher in children less than 18. And once again, this is because children under 18 are not vaxxed as much. We're not, they're not eligible for a vaccine in Britain for a while. I don't know the exact date, but once again, this goes to show. But when it comes to adult age, 30 to 80, you're more likely to be infected and hospitalized in, according to British data, being triple vaxxed than you are not vaccinated at all. Absolute data that the this is a pandemic of the vaccinated, not the unvaccinated. Oh, but Dr. Fauci downplays it. He downplays it, right? It, it's always played up as a danger when the unvaccinated get COVID, but when the vaccinated get COVID... They're just little breakthrough cases, nothing to worry about. Nothing to see here. Move along, move along. 
When I say protection, Martha, I mean protection against severe disease. You are going to see breakthrough infections, as we've seen now, even in boosted people. But for the very most part, they're mild or even asymptomatic. That's where we would like to be. And of course, even though he downplays it, that we wouldn't like to have boosters. In fact, it's a matter of as soon as one person gets the, the, the next variant, which I'm sure will come just about the time the midterms voting come into effect so they can cheat and steal the 2020 elections again to stop the red tsunami that's on its way, they'll start pushing fourth and fifth boosters. Let's go to our neighbor to the north. Another bombshell revelation, this time from the government of Alberta, uh, Alberta, Canada. They exposed themselves when they accidentally published damning evidence that exposes how the public health authorities have been manipulating the COVID-19 statistics. After realizing what they had just done, the corrupt Canadian province quickly scrambled to delete the incriminating data off their website. But Internet Sleuths and a whole bunch of people on the Twitterverse, including user Metatron, they have the receipts. So according to the latest COVID-19 update, the Alberta government admitted to following the fraudulent standard that was used by vaccine manufacturers doing clinical trials, which is, which is to ignore adverse outcomes including COVID infection, hospitalizations, and death for 14 days after vaccination administration, no matter how many doses they have had. But instead of just ignoring the cases like the vaccine manufacturers, the corrupt Alberta government has been lumping them in with the unvaxxed. That's right. The first 14 days of vaxxed people getting COVID, they got lumped in with the unvaxxed. So anyone who was infected was hospitalized or even died in the two weeks following the, their first, second, or even third doses were recorded as unvaccinated. Because, of course, you're supposed to have a two-week period after your last dose to actually have the vaccination be, according to them, fully vaxxed that you, you've built up the antibodies. But now, thanks to now-deleted data, we can tell exactly how many cases have been fraudulently manipulated by inadvertently including the time from dose to infection for each of the events. And this is what Metatron found out. Almost 56% of recorded COVID-related deaths among the vaccinated occurred within 14 days of vaccination. And almost 90% within 45 days. The 90% is huge because they're claiming that that's a time frame when the vaccine's most effective. And as you can see here, Metatron shows that this is the data before they caught their mistake. And here's the data after. They scrubbed it, but we know what they really are up to. All right, folks, I want to end with this. This I found to be very, a, a very good clip that people both aware of what's going on with these vaccines and not aware of these vaccines should hear. I'm going to play not the whole entire thing, but a good portion of vaccine victim Kyle Warner, professional mountain biker, and what he went through and the support he got all because of these vaccines. By the way, he's not an anti-vaxxer. And if you listen to him, he just would have wished that more things were disclosed. And he's dismayed that because these vaccines being pushed on Americans and the world over under emergency use authorization lets the big pharma companies escape liability for the damage they've done. Very powerful stuff. It's about three or four minutes. I'm going to play it for you right now.
and we're going to end with these with this with these clips or this clip. If you enjoy what we're doing here, folks, tell a friend about this show. Tell them about our new podcast over on Spotify. We're it's a new medium, so for the for the first four or five episodes we're putting up there, we're putting it so it's free of cost. It'll be a subscription or supported platform like we have here on Patreon and Locals. So some of you are like, well, I'm paying for um, for this program on Locals or on Patreon. I see that I can get it for free over on Spotify. It's only, we want to make sure that people can get t- dip their toe into it and see they like it for five or six episodes or thereabouts. Then it's going to be on the same thing here. Obviously, it'll be a different pricing because there's no video. But it will be, once again, available to those that support us. And we really do appreciate your support, folks. We have had a battle for the last several years, almost losing our channel on YouTube. We would love to be on YouTube only, where we we, we made ad, we make ad revenue. It's free to the consumer. If they don't want to see ads, they get YouTube premium. If not, they sit through a couple ads. And every, that, that would be the ideal thing if they respected freedom of speech. But they don't. So we must have a program that only represents 85% on YouTube and then the other 15% combined with some of the other 85%. But then to have an unlimited show has to be behind a paywall. If it's totally free to the public, that is when they go after you. Yes, even including on Rumble. Racing bikes, my job. I took that for granted. And in an instant, I went from winning mountain bike races to being completely bedridden. All right, folks. This is Kyle Warner. Thank you for your support on this show and on YouTube. We really, truly love and appreciate you. For those of us, uh, for those of you in Texas area or want to come down to Texas, we'll be in Dallas area in Frisco on Sunday. Look at the links and the previous posts on whatever platform you're on. The last seven months have been a revolving door of doctors, hospital, and cardiology visits. I've been unable to work and have spent tens of thousands of dollars out of pocket in hopes of getting my old life back. Immediately after my injury, I was quiet. I didn't want to create any hesitancy because I just kept being told my injury was extremely rare and I drew the short straw. After suffering in silence for a few months, I was desperate to find answers, to finally hear something other than, we think this will get better eventually. I decided to share my experience by posting a video on social media. And over the next few days, I was flooded with comments and private messages from others sharing stories of their injuries. Within a week, I had received over a thousand people's testimonies from all across the world. Pfizer, Moderna, J&J, all the symptoms were the same. Their experience at the hospitals was also the same. They just kept being told to hang tight and stay quiet. I couldn't believe it. How had I not heard about these injuries before getting my shot? How are corporate media and public health officials still insisting the COVID-19 vaccines are completely safe and effective, especially if there's thousands of injured Americans in one online support group? It made no sense to me. I asked them naively, what about the companies involved? Shouldn't Pfizer or Moderna be responsible for helping the people that they're injuring? That's when I learned about the loopholes in the emergency use authorization. Until then, I wasn't aware of the fact that the companies selling the shots had been granted total legal immunity by the U.S. government.
I apologize, my fellow Patriots. I'm not. I didn't. I failed to tell you where Kyle Warner, 29 year old mountain bike race champion, is speaking and why there's a crowd there. This happened yesterday, Sunday, at the massive defeat the mandates march and rally in Washington D.C. All right, let's get back to Kyle. Even worse than that. I learned that the COVID vaccines are not eligible for the vaccine injury compensation program due to their unapproved status. This means that none of the injuries behind me qualify for the government aid program specifically established to help injured Americans with vaccine injuries. Zero corporate liability, zero backup plan. What could go wrong? What could go wrong? Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson & Johnson, here in the United States, given millions of people to be test animals, guinea pigs, with no consequences to them, and fat profits, which are luckily, are finally going into the tank. Now, I want you to listen closely to the last few clips I've edited from Kyle's speech. He's not some anti-vaxxer, and he calls it, completely calls it, as far as what the government asked us to do for those that took the vaccine and who really benefited from all of this. This is real. People are being harmed. People are losing their livelihoods, and in some cases, their lives, while the government and companies like Pfizer sit by and watch. Not only are our calls for help being ignored, we are actively being censored and discredited by mainstream media. We are not conspiracy theorists and anti-vaxxers. We are Americans, just like you, from every different background possible. Yet we are united by one thing. We were asked to do our part by our country and then cast aside in the name of profit. We were asked to flatten the curve and then we were locked down. Asked to get vaccines and then were injured and killed. And then asked to get boosters on top of that. All so that these treasonous, traitorous, vile, wicked, satanic forces could make a profit. That just about sums it up. Thanks for being here, folks. Tune back in tomorrow for our next episode. Ciao, goodbye, God bless. Gotta give us what we want. Uh. Gotta give us what we need. Hey. <laughs> our freedom of speech is freedom of death. We, we got, got to fight the powers that be. Fight the powers.